A nine day working fortnight week. Does it work? And if so, how? My name is Luron, and you're listening to HLD Live Podcasts. On this episode, I'm joined by Daniel Shaw, CEO at Encore. We'll be discussing flexible working and adopting a nine day working week policy. Hello, Daniel. Thank you for joining us in the studio today. Hi, Luron. Good to meet you. Great. So could you just start off by introducing your role at Encore Digital Media? Absolutely. So um, I'm one of the founders of the business. Uh, I'm currently acting as CEO. Encore as a business is a specialist in the digital marketing, digital advertising space. We uh, are all about driving better performance for our clients using an audience first approach. So we service clients across B2B technology, finance. We work with a lot of the leading car manufacturers, all about driving better outcomes from online advertising. My job specifically now involves laying down the strategy for the Encore business, uh, making sure we have the right products and services for our clients. But most of the time, it's about looking at the talent that we have. So making sure we've got the right people, the right structure and the right culture to deliver on that strategy. Cool. And then leading on nicely to sort of people and culture and talent, I heard that you have this new working policy, which is the nine day working week. What's, what's that all about? Uh, the nine-day working fortnight. Oh, right. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I would have loved to uh, explore the nine-day working week, but mm. I think uh, it wouldn't have been quite as motivational. But the nine-day fortnight is around giving everybody in the business an opportunity to have one day off every two weeks. So giving people the time, the space to step away from their jobs, to be able to explore their interests and to give people a better work-life balance. We've gone through the first two months, two and a half months of testing this. Uh, it's been hugely positive. We made a lot of important decisions around implementing this in terms of the not just the why but the how and I think as a business it's done a huge number of things to increase not just that work-life balance but productivity across the business. It's really enabled us to attract better talent into the company um, Yeah, and it's something something that I'm really chuffed that we've been able to to implement and implement in a really productive way. Mm. And the, the reason that you sort of implemented this new strategy, was that due to past experiences or was it just because you felt like you needed a bit of a change within the business? Well, my background is, is entirely media and advertising. I think that sector has always had a lot of challenges around burnout, around pushing people too hard. It's become more of a discussion point in the last 12, 18 months. Been some really, really extreme cases, particularly out in the Far East of media organisations pushing employees to the point where, unfortunately, things like suicide have become not necessarily common practice, but something that's been highlighted as a result of excessive working hours, mm -hmm. too much pressure being put on people. I've always felt that to get the best out of people, you need to be able to allow them to, to have that work-life balance. We tried to implement that from the very beginning into the Encore culture. So it was very much around output rather than requiring people to be in the office at 7.30am and there's never been a culture of last man standing. So the idea that he who leaves last is the one who's most productive. This has really just given us the opportunity to formalise a way of working that is different to the norm, that has allowed people to genuinely step away from their job without feeling any guilt. The, the, the actual idea is not an original one. Um, about 10 years ago, um, I read an article in the Evening Standard about a guy in the city. Uh, he worked for one of the big brokers who'd done the exact same thing. What really impressed me about that was uh, in that industry is very much about first in, last out. And he referenced that in the article. And I, I tried to find his name to give him a name check, but uh, it was in the days of print and pre-digital being covering everything. So th that idea really resonated with me even 10 years ago. When we were considering different things we could do in the Encore business, that seemed like a really good opportunity for us because we've got a couple of challenges. One is technology. 
So it is hard for us to fully embrace home working and things like that because there isn't the infrastructural security to allow some people to do that. The other half of our business is client services. There's a challenge there around remote working and not being able to service your clients as quickly or effectively. We did explore those things. The nine-day working fortnight allows us to still give people what they need, which is a firm base in an office where they can do their job to the best of their abilities, but also encourage them to do the right thing for them, which is regularly take some time. We, we don't mandate what people need to do on that day off. That would be ridiculous. But it does allow people to choose ways that work best for them um, and to be able to just get everything right in terms of fully committed while they're at work, but also take some time out for themselves. Mm, yeah, it's definitely positive that um, a company like yours is definitely um, accommodating for health and well-being and work-life balance. And it's definitely a good thing that um, companies are going in the right direction and caring for their workforce. Because um, I can imagine in your experience, like it was a bit sort of uh, taking the back step and it wasn't very much a priority. Do you feel like that was a case in your sort of years working in this industry that everyone was for themselves and no one really cared too much about that aspect of work? Absolutely. Mm. Um, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think I've been a victim of that myself, working in cultures where there was an expectation to be the first person into the office. And the people who got promoted were the ones who would work the extra two hours or certainly be in the office for the extra two hours. I think that's the other thing that we've realised is being at work and being productive are not the same thing. Um, and that culture of buying into, I must be at 7am, I must leave at 8pm is both unhealthy for the individual and it's unhealthy for the company as well. It, it creates a real culture where people feel pressured um, to either be there. I've I, I had experiences working with colleagues who've come in almost off their deathbed um, for fear of ringing in sick. and That's not good. It's not healthy. Um, so doing this, um, again, it doesn't remove people you know, who are occasionally going to be ill or things like that. And that's one of the things that we we have seen over the last few months, there's still a lot of guilt around people taking time off, which we're trying to remove. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen firsthand how toxic it can be when people really do expect you to kind of put in 12, 13, 14 hour days. It's not, it's not useful. Mm, it's not like, it's not realistic as well for the long time, I guess. No. And that leads on nicely to my next question, which is about the main challenges behind adopting this new policy. Because in, um, in an industry where everyone's really competitive and driven and very passionate about their role, it must be quite difficult to say, take a day off, you know, I think like, or um, just go, go away for a bit. Do you find that challenging to implement that culture into your workforce? Um, as I said, I think since we set the business up, we've had a culture which is around, you know, we want you to be productive. You don't need to justify your presence by being present all the time. Um, I think the, the biggest thing I've seen in terms of a challenge is, is that mentality piece from from the guys that we work with who... A, a great example is somebody who might, for example, have a Wednesday as their designated rest day, and then on the Thursday or Friday, something crops up, an emergency dental appointment childcare issues and I've had a couple of people who've kind of come in with an apologetic I'm sorry I wouldn't have taken my day off had I known about x mm. y or z that's a cultural thing and it's going to take time for people to really feel comfortable and understand that we as a business came to to all of our colleagues with this idea it wasn't mandated by them it was driven by myself and the other co-founder guy and that way round felt very positive it felt like we were taking a positive step to introduce something but there was that element of shock or surprise from people who were looking for an agenda or looking for a loophole or something that was in there that distracted from what we're trying to do really. Mm. Um, that's been the biggest challenge. 
There have been a couple of other issues. Um, it's not been 100% plain sailing, but they're just around the how rather than the, the actual implementation. Mm. And do you feel like that's a big factor when you um, are attracting talent to think people coming into the business and be like, that's a really good policy that you have and it's really good for culture as well? Uh, absolutely. We've made four hires in the last three months, um, all of which have referenced the nine day working fortnight as a positive part of their decision to approach us for a role. Okay. I think it's it, it's obviously a key benefit for anybody. I mean, it gives them a significant amount of additional time off on top of their holiday. The way it's structured means it's regular time off. That was a, a key part of our decision to do this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, interestingly, I I had a slight fear that we may attract the wrong type of talent, um, that it may suddenly flip into you know, people coming to Encore because actually the nine-day fortnight was the thing that, that meant more than anything else. Mm-hmm. That has not been the case at all. Oh, um, okay. I think the people who have joined, who've been very open about this being a part of their decision to join the company, um, have all listed the things that matter to me into the business. It's around productivity. It's around being able to fully commit to the job when you are there and understand that you don't need to be there, as I said, for 70 hours a week to, to deliver value. Mm, yeah, it's quite a it's quite a bold move, but quite a positive move in the right direction. I think um, one of the big challenges that I've sort of um, seen in this is like, um, as you said, um, if you have someone who's on the same level as you and you're both working towards a promotion and then he takes a day off, so like, okay, I'm going to not take that day off because I, I, I'm i going to step above that. And sort of the whole unconscious bias just goes into it. It's a bit of a challenge, but I think hopefully you guys are solving that by maintaining the culture and sort of maintaining the sort of neutralness in terms of promotion and career progression, right? Absolutely. Mm. And I think if you speak to Andy and the Encore family, they talk a lot about things like a meritocracy. So there isn't a feeling that somebody gets promoted because they do put in those extra hours. Mm. Promotions are built on people who deserve it based on their input into the business, not longer hours. But I think you're right, subconsciously, there are always going to be people who think, okay, there's conversations around a promotion here. Should I be taking my day off this fortnight or actually should I make sure I'm in every single day for this particular period while I'm being evaluated? Mm. Um, I'd be really disappointed if anybody really genuinely believed that had an impact um, and I think that's about broader culture within a company than just one specific thing like a nine-day working fortnight. If people know that as a as a business, the people who deserve those promotions will get them, the nine-day fortnight hopefully doesn't play into, into anybody's thinking. Mm, definitely. And do you like promote sort of um, flexible working or is it just around sort of that nine-day working fortnight? We, uh, we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always had a view that, you know, there will always be things that people need to do. In terms of, I mentioned things like childcare issues. I've got two children. That's a, a factor for me occasionally. Other people are in different positions, may not have children, but might have dogs that require veterinary attention. They themselves may need to go to the doctor, dentist. And there are still going to be times when people need to step away from, from work outside of these one day every fortnight opportunities. We do have, as a business, as I said, a couple of challenges around technology and letting people fully work from home. That doesn't mean people don't do it. It's just maybe not quite as easy for us to do as some other businesses. I think it's, again, it's a cultural issue. So the idea that people know that we're not monitoring if people leave 20, 30 minutes earlier to get home for a reason. That reason could be fairly spurious. It could be their wife's birthday. But I think it's about just having an overall view that as a business, our culture is one of productivity. It's about output. It's not about working hours. We're not a factory set where it's clock in, clock out. Definitely. And I guess um, that sort of um, policy that you have is quite good to 
manage the expectations of the multi-generational workforce. So you have someone maybe in their 50s and they're looking to look after their kids. They need the extra day. But then alternatively, you have someone who's just coming out to university who might be potentially struggling financially with them, with them sort of commuting to work or like balance or just like not having so much on their plate because they're getting used to this whole work. I think that sort of policy is, is really good for that kind of thing. Uh, it's uh, what's been incredibly interesting is seeing how people use that one day a fortnight what they do with it um, and it's very diverse mm-hmm. uh, we just did a, a quick uh, survey internally to just test how people were feeling about the nine day fortnight which was hugely positive but part of it was free form do you want to share anything you've done in the last couple of months with this extra time and there is definitely you can you can identify different people or different groups of people using it for different things mm-hmm. um Two of the people in the organisation have gone on to do some further further education. So they've actually taken one a work-related course, um, and this is giving them the time to do that without feeling like they're suddenly sacrificing evenings and weekends. Mm-hmm. Somebody's doing a completely non-work-related course, I think. The first module is on genocide, so it's, oh, wow. <laughs> it's not linked to our industry at all. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It, it's And, again, it's about giving people the choice and the freedom. Um, and people do use it for a whole heap of different things and it, and it addresses the needs of different people different stages of their life and what they're trying to do mm, that's definitely positive going forwards and then looking at you mentioned briefly that um, technology is holding you back um, sort of in terms of managing this um, new policy do you feel like there are any specific industries and sectors who might struggle to adopt this culture or policy or do you feel like this is something that could be more common in, in, amongst most, most businesses in the next few years potentially um, I, th- I think this type of approach should be adopted by any businesses that can do it. I'm not suggesting everybody needs to adopt a nine-day working fortnight, but four-day working weeks are viable for some companies. Interestingly, a lot of our clients who may be raised a question around, am I going to see a dip in service levels? Um, some of it was very tongue-in-cheek. Some of it was around, don't start poaching staff from me because it's clearly a very big benefit. Um, I think... When you really try and look at a nine-day working fortnight, as I said, it works for us because we've got specific needs around, actually, we do need, for example, the audience data analytics teams to be in an office where they've got access to the technology they need to do a job. Certain industries, particularly in the advertising or media sector, do work off billable hours. I think that's a real big challenge. And I think as long as the conversation is had with clients around what's going to change or not change, um, everybody should at least look at ways to support their workforce in in achieving something that is very much front of everybody's mind now. I just wish the conversation would change slightly from conversations like this is a huge perk or employees get a huge amount from this and understand the business benefits as well. This mm-hmm. isn't just about giving something away. We, Encore, have benefited from this significantly. The productivity levels have increased. Some of the feedback in a survey was around what people refer to as light bulb moments. So having that one day away from the office, not thinking about work, clearing their mind, suddenly led them to come up with the answer to that tricky problem they hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. And we as a business benefit as much as the employees from this kind of initiative. And I think a lot of the narrative is too heavily focused around it being a benefit and a perk to the employee rather than the business benefits that go alongside it. Okay. What sort of days do you feel like are the most common that people take day off? Because I know that if I was taking a nine-day fortnight, I'd definitely take off the Friday and then just have like an extended weekend. But then I'd be like, oh my gosh, i got so many emails on Monday morning. So it's quite difficult to sort of decide which ones are probably the most common and the most popular amongst workforces. 
uh, you've hit the nail on the head. Friday, <laughs> Friday is the is the day that everybody wants to have off mm. for obvious reasons. You said it extends into a full three day weekend. Then, what we decided, and I think this is something we're going to keep as part of this nine day working fortnight, is an element of it not becoming a routine. So the idea that if you genuinely need a rest day, which I believe everybody does every couple of weeks, just outside of weekends, then you need to have a bit of flex around that. From a business perspective, it's very difficult to suggest that every other Friday, everybody can take the day off because we just, we couldn't do that. Um, so we try and make sure everybody has to choose different days over that two week period. Mm -hmm. We actually did that to try and encourage a bit more collaboration, communication. So rather than it just being set in stone and nobody talks about it, it's an ongoing discussion point. The idea is each team sits down and between themselves agrees who's going to have which day off in that two week period. Um, we haven't had any issues yet. Mm. There's definitely a clamber for Fridays, but um, it feels like people are, are getting to know their colleagues a bit more as well. So those conversations with a team, it may well be that it's your sister's birthday on that Friday or your son's, your daughter's, your mum's, your dad. That would take priority from a team perspective over somebody who simply wants a long weekend. And suddenly people know more about their colleagues' personal life, not in a creepy way, <laughs> in a very positive way, because you understand that actually... One of the guys at work has been taking a lot of time off around the cricket. He's a huge cricket fan. So watching the Ashes, guilt-free, at home, has been a huge positive for him. Now, that gives him quite a bit of flexibility, so he's not too fussy on which day, as long as he gets to see the cricket. Mm. And then for other people, you know, there might be other drivers, but Friday's definitely the day that people kind of opt for above and beyond everything else. Mm. And it's a little bit of a bottleneck some Friday. <laughs> but that's a very good point that a lot of people don't really mention about this uh, new working style. It's like communication and collaboration is, is so important. And um, I think HR professionals struggle quite a bit with getting their workforce to integrate. Like I remember sort of experiencing some sort of companies where it's like you have to have lunch here till now. So you have to talk to each other and you have to like sit around in a circle and sort of engage in awkward conversations. But then if with this new sort of way of working, you can definitely share your experiences without feeling forced to do it, which is definitely a positive, I think. Absolutely. And mm. it's things like that and, and the, the the survey we did internally um it was really nice to see the number one kind of output that people saw was productivity followed by collaboration and just being able to spend more time with friends and family so the things that we hoped would happen um have definitely happened and it, it, it's not forced or we try not to make it forced but naturally if a team of five of you are sitting down to discuss the next two weeks and who's going to have which day off, then you're right, it's a more natural conversation around, okay, I didn't realise you were as interested in cricket as that. Mm. Um, so all of those things have just been huge fringe benefits for us. Mm, definitely. And sort of talking about um, the implementation of like HR professionals, what can um, HR um, teams do to ease this process that people go through in terms of going from working the very rigid nine to five to working a quite a flexible life lifestyle? Um, I think we've been really lucky. So we've got access to, we're part of a bigger group, Next15. Um, the group people direct to there, Sam Theobald, has been fantastic in helping us not just set up the policies for this, but actually communicating it to the teams and also become really involved in any challenges that have come along the way. Um, the biggest thing I think for an HR professional is it, it does require a little bit of test and learn. Anything new does. And you want to do it in a very positive way. So you're learning without suddenly throwing the whole policy out because of one or two slight issues. There is a lot of use around, you know, some classic data sets that we as a business are very focused on in terms of output and productivity that I think HR professionals should try and understand more. If you're trying to 
measure productivity involves you getting much deeper into a business and understanding how that's measured and what that really looks like. I'm surprised by the the different types of technology that are out there to support this type of thing. Uh, There are a lot of these uh, platforms or apps that allow you to monitor things like employee motivation and engagement. Haven't really found one that's 100% fit for purpose yet. Mm -hmm. I'd love to have more involvement from HR teams in looking at that type of technology because it it sits in their skill set more than it would mine. Mm -hmm. But I think from an HR perspective, being able to you know, to just show that flexibility around this type of flexible working is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And being able to guide, you know, from a strategic perspective, I could see the benefits, but I just needed some support in understanding how to implement it, what the messaging was, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And talking about these um, new HR technologies and advances, do you feel like it matters more to have these systems or matters more to just like sit down and talk to your workforce, like just have a chat with them over lunch? Which one do you, do you, or do you feel like it's like a bit of a both sort of um, thing? Yeah, you could be an easy out with a bit of the both. Yes. Yeah, exactly. um, my, my personal view is um, I think technology or anything that gives you hard data to substantiate decision is a great thing. Um, the nine-day working fortnight was not based on a huge amount of data. Um, it was very much speaking to the senior managers, getting their feedback on how it would work in real terms. Um, and on an ongoing basis, it is more about spending time with the people in the business to understand how it's in, it affecting their work, how it's impacting their life, rather than using a piece of technology to give you an arbitrary number that makes you feel warm. So I'm probably more of a, you get the answers from spending time with the team and really uncovering any issues and any positives and working on those rather than using a technology to tell you. Mm, yeah, because there's so many um, new sort of policies and new sort of structures to businesses like hot desking, for example, like that may work for one company, but it might be like disastrous for another company. And I think it's quite important to just like assess your sort of workforce and see what works for them. And because not one size fits all, especially in today's age, everyone's so um, interchangeable and everyone's working in different sort of working styles. So I think it's important to just talk to people, I think. Absolutely. Couldn't mm. agree more. So um, how else do you feel like the world of work is changing? And um, we have, we've talked about culture and we've talked about flexible working, but where else do you feel like um, is going to have an impact on your workforce, especially in the next few years? Do you feel like it's basically culture, like um, technology or like the way sort of um, people are managing their sort of career aspirations? Or... The thing that I um, have been surprised about, and I mentioned it earlier, is, is around the willingness of the modern workforce to to proactively undertake additional training, um, skills-based or or otherwise. And I think um, that has changed a lot, um, certainly since I've been, been working, where training was very much seen as a mandatory and it would involve a day or a week away from the office, go up to Manchester and you're going on this training course as a collective. One-to-one training, so actually personalised training, which meets the needs of the person, um, seems definitely to be the way that people would prefer to be learning as they're on a job. And I think those two examples I gave around somebody who's doing an MA um, in digital marketing, that's a three-year course. It's a long-term commitment. We also see people who are using LinkedIn's new e-learning kind of platform to just do little bits of learning here and there. Um, People who are doing completely non-work-related kind of further educational courses. And I think that's what's changed most in terms of the workplace is that desire to be able to learn as you're on a job in a way that suits you it's tailored to the individual I think technology is playing a huge part in that enabling people to 
educate themselves. To be educated remotely, it doesn't require, as I said, a week's trip to Manchester to sit in a in a stale environment and look at PowerPoints for eight hours on end. Yeah, you can do it from your home, can't you? It's, yeah. it's quite easy to. Um, yeah, I guess um, technology is sort of our friend and foe in, in the next 10 to 15 years because um, it's opening up this skills gap, but then also technology can counter that by offering us so much accessible learning tools for us to be able to do it from home, I guess. And, and those people who are very proactive around picking up new skills and adapting are the ones who I think are going to see a much more rewarding career because if you can learn as you're developing your career, it helps you move into different areas. It allows you to look at new career opportunities or just simply do more in the role that you're currently in. Mm. And I think that's a huge change. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time, Daniel. It was lovely to have you. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to HLA Live Podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week on Spotify and iTunes. See you then.